Thank you for tuning in to the podcast here at Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. Um, here we are at the church. This is Saturday, um, the 18th, and this is going to be uh, the message for Sunday, the 19th. I, I'm getting it done on Saturday simply because we're recording our service for Saturday so we can get it out on Facebook uh, for everybody um, for Sunday. So I go ahead and figure I double task here and, and get my podcast in while the worship team and sound people are recording the message uh, when we present it. God bless you. I miss everybody. I I can't wait till we get back. No, I don't think anybody can hardly stand where we're at, and we just cannot wait to come back together and have church and worship God like we're supposed to do. Um, it's coming soon. It's uh, You can tell things are starting to ease up. Uh, Thank God we still haven't had any real outbreak here in Tuolumne County. We've been blessed. We pled the blood of Jesus over our county, and I believe that he has protected us. So anyway, our message today is the very last part of of a series, a four-part series called Created to Be. Today, Created to Be, a builder, building God's kingdom. I think you're going to enjoy this message. Uh, I certainly enjoyed studying it and preparing for it. So I hope that you do. God bless you. I cannot wait to see you soon. Um, I, I know that we will all be together very soon. God bless you. We'll see you. Good morning, Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. I'm so glad you're here, and I want to thank the worship team for coming out to uh, set up for worship and, and get this service prepared for you. This is Sunday the 19th, and we are so glad that you're tuning in and hearing God's word. Um, Very excited to be here. I I, I know how everybody's feeling because I'm feeling it myself. It's kind of starting to get to me a little bit. Like, I I, I need to just run around and hug people. I'm, I'm suffering from the lack of hugs. My wife has never seen me hug her so much because... I can hug her legally, um, and I know that it's coming. It's coming soon. We'll, we'll, we will be able to be together, and um, things will get back to normal if we can figure out what normal is. Amen? Amen. Um, maybe God has for us a, a new kind of normal. But this morning, we're going to get right into the service. I also wanted to thank my podcast listeners for tuning in. Um, We're in part four. This is the final part of a four-part series that we've been doing on created to be. Created to be. And I'm going to do a little bit of a recap on it so that I can bring everybody up to date in case you haven't. But on the podcast, you can go back and you can hear one, two, and three uh, to be completely filled in on this series. It's a great series. Created to be, part four, building God's kingdom. So let's recap. Created to be, it began with a Bible verse found in Genesis 1.26. If you want to get your Bible and, and follow along, or it's okay, just have a note piece of paper and take notes on the scriptures because I move along pretty fast. <clears throat> but the main basis of this is in Genesis, Genesis 1.26. Then God said, let us make man. Those four words is where I got the word believe. Why did God make us? To believe. In our image, he said, that's to belong. 
We know that we're created like God to be like God. We belong. Then he said, according to our likeness, that's to become. We, it takes time for us to become. And let them have dominion over the earth, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. This is where I got the word build. So here's the four words. Believing. God made us to be a family to believe in him. Belonging. God created us to belong to him. Becoming. God created us to become like him. Building. God needs us to build his kingdom, to fill his kingdom with souls. So here's my first point. God is a builder. God is a builder. God builds everything with reason and purpose. In other words, he knows what he's doing. When God brings things into existence, he will speak to where they are to come from. And this is the very same place that sustains them, and this is the very same place that they will return to. This is sometimes, I think, rarely looked at, but I feel like it's one of the most important things that we have to understand to understand that God is a creator, builder, and we have to understand this so we understand why we are his. So let's look at Genesis 1, verses 11 and 12. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass. Did you notice that? He said, let the earth. He spoke to the earth to bring forth grass and the herb and yield seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it is so. Verse 12, he said, And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Notice that God spoke to the earth. He spoke to the earth to bring forth grass and to bring forth trees, because the earth was to sustain them. The earth was to be the food that, and the water and everything that they needed to live and to thrive. And they would return to the earth as their seeds would replenish them. Let's look at Genesis 1.21. So God created a great sea, creatures, and every living thing that moves in which the waters abounded according to their kind, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So God called to the water to create fish, and the water is what sustains them, and it's what's going to feed them and keep them, and it's where they will return to when they die. The same with the birds of the air. They have dominion over the air, but the earth is what sustains them and feeds them. Genesis 1.24 God, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and the creeping thing and the beast of the earth according to its kind. And it was so. God spoke to the earth to bring them forth and the earth was to sustain them and they were to return to it. So where are you going with this, pastor? Well, just hang on because this is incredible. Do you remember how God created us? He said, let us make man. God spoke to himself. He didn't speak to the earth 
he spoke to himself. He said, let us create man. Him and Jesus. Jesus was there. He said, let us make man. Let's bring him out of ourselves. He said, verse 24, then God said, no, I'm sorry. Remember how God created us. Let's look back. He spoke to himself because it's him who will sustain us. I know what you're thinking. He made our body out of the dirt. And yes, he did. And our bodies will return to it. But he fashioned our spirit and our soul after his image. And we belong to him. And it's him who will sustain us. And it's him who will return to. Why? Because we believe, we belong, we become so that we can return to him. He made us out of himself. Think about this. What would happen if a plant decided, I just don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to pull myself up out of the dirt and I'm going to move myself closer to the water. Well, what would happen? Well, the plant would surely die. We know that because the earth is what sustains the plant. Do you realize this is exactly what man had done? God said, don't eat of the fruit in the midst of the garden, in the tree of life, of sin and death. Don't eat of that tree. Don't do it, or you will surely die. Did Adam and Eve die? Their physical bodies didn't die, but their spirit died. That spirit that was created, that's why all of a sudden they realized they were naked. Sin had come in. They were living in a perfect world where everything was perfect. Visiting with God in the cool of the morning. Can you even imagine what that must have been like? But because of sin came in, God's spirit inside of them died. And Jesus came to give us life. And he said that he came to give us life more abundantly. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice and created us and recreated us. He gave us a new spirit, God's spirit. The one that was lost and died when sin came into the world. Listen to this, Ephesians 2, 1. And you he made alive. Listen to those first words. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. That's you and that's me. God not only built us, he rebuilt us. He recreated us through Jesus Christ. And now we have a new spirit, the one God originally wanted us to have, the one that belongs to him. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. How can you say that? It's our spirit. My hands are the same old hands. I cut the same old crooked fingers. I'm not brand new. No, but my spirit is. Everything inside is new. Everything has been re Everything looks different to me. Everything is different because God's spirit now resides within me. Point number two. God is, is building his house and we are his dwelling place. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Isn't that awesome? 1 Peter 2, 5. You also, as living stones, 
are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices according to God through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 19 and 22 says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. That's the church. That's us. We are all part of one another. Verse 20, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Verse 21, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple of the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Each one of us fitting together. Verse 22, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. This is God's purpose to build us and to be his dwelling place. Okay, pastor, if that's the truth, if that's what you're saying, then why do we need buildings? Like this one. This is a great building we've got here. It's only 10 years old. It's a beautiful place. It's a house of God. Why do we need buildings? If we're God's temple, if we're the temple of God, why do we need buildings? Well, the Bible talks a lot about it, and we're going to talk about it. Because the Bible tells us to gather together, to be fed, to be saved, to be healed, set free, discipled, equipped, empowered, and serving. How do we do that? By going to church, by being a part of God's holy temple. We build buildings like this one, only to see more souls enter into the kingdom of God. Yes, it's nice, we have heat and air conditioning, we have soft seats, I like the seats, we're in comfort. But it's not about our comfort. It's about filling this place up with people who are searching for God. We understand we are the house of God. But I'm going to show you in Scripture that this building is also the house of God. I want you to go to Exodus 25, 22. It says, And there I will meet you, and I will speak with you, from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, cherubim, which are on the ark of the testimony, and everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. God chose a place, did he not? It was the Ark of the Covenant, and they would put it in a tent, and that tent would travel with them. They'd set it back up. A high priest would go in to hear from God. This is where God would meet with them. Listen to Genesis 28, 16 and 17. Then Jacob awoke from, awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. Man, he had been visited by God. And he said, I didn't know that God was here in this place. Have you ever felt that way about church? And all of a sudden you feel the presence of God so heavily that it's like, my God, he's here. He's here with us. In this place. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. Amen. But let's go to the New Testament, Matthew 21 12 13. Jesus went to the temple of God. Okay, understand, this was a temple that they had built. 
We know that God resides within us, right? But the temple was still something very important to Jesus. Jesus went to the temple of God and drove out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables and the money changers and the seats who were of those who sold, who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Jesus was talking about the temple. He was talking about a physical house. He wasn't driving out the, the people. He was driving out the, the, the bad people that were in the church. This was his house. This was his house. So it brings us to point number three. God is building your house. You realize that God is building you a house? This is such a wonderful thing to think about, to think that God loves you so much that he's building you a house. Listen to what David said. David had said, I want to build a house for God. And he told the prophet Nathan. And Nathan, Nathan at the time said, go ahead. Do whatever's in your heart. But God spoke to Nathan and said, no. Tell David he can't do that. He's not to build my house. It's not his place to build my house. God had a different plan. So in 1 Chronicles 17, 10, this, God begins to talk to Nathan the prophet and tell about David. He said, since the time I commanded judges over my people Israel, I also subdued all your enemies. Furthermore, I tell you that the Lord will build you a house. He will build you a house. Now, I'm not sure. Because at this particular time, David had a, quite a big house that he lived in. It, it describes it, actually, in the Chronicles. Massive beams and a beautiful house, all built out of precious wood. And David, living in that fine house, said, How could I live in this house and God doesn't have a temple? They were still in the tent, the Ark of the Covenant. Everything was still in the tent. And God said, David, I'm going to build you a house. Yet David lived in this beautiful house. I think he was talking about the spiritual house of David, the house that we reside in also. I believe in heaven. When Jesus said in heaven, my father has a mansion with many rooms, one for all of us. It's going to be an incredible place. I think he was talking about a spiritual house that he was talking about David to build, that he was going to build. Listen to 1 Chronicles 17, 11, and 12. He says, and it shall be when your days are filled and you must go to be with your fathers. He's going to die. That I will set up your seed after you who will be of your sons. And I will establish his kingdom and he shall build my house. And I will establish his throne forever. Here God was speaking of a physical house. The house of God. That of course Solomon was to build. David's attitude was, if I can't build it, I'm going to give to it. That was what David's attitude was. If I can't build it, I'm going to give everything I have. And he began, and he inspired all of Israel to begin to set aside precious stones, silver, gold, lumber, stone, all the things that it would create, that they would need for Solomon to build the temple. 
And it was a massive offering that, that went on for years. The people were continuing to give to build God's house. This is why we give to build God's house, to keep God's house moving and motivated to reach others. Look at First Chronicles 17. George, we just, we just lost our memory. No. Okay. So, do you remember where you're at? Mm-hmm. Would you uh, go get me a glass of water? Yeah. Please. Yeah. Uh-oh. The podcast is still running. Uh-oh. I've been stopped. Uh-oh. The camera quit and the podcast is still going. I'm going to finish for you guys. First Chronicles 17, 23 through 25, it says, And now the Lord... Now, O Lord, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, let it be established forever and do as you have said. So let it be established that your name may be magnified forever, saying, the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, is Israel's God and is our God. And let the house of your servant David be established before you, for you, O oh my God, have revealed to your servant that you will build him a house. Therefore, your servant has found it in his heart to pray before you. God was so, David was so inspired that he gave all he had. And he inspired all of Israel also to give all that they had. Let's go to the New Testament, John 14, 2. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. This was Jesus talking. For if it were not so, I would not have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. He is going to prepare a place for each one of us. God is concerned about you. You are God's temple. And our churches are God's houses. This is where we come to be fed and to grow and to invite others to come. This is why we give to the house of God. When God is ready to move in our community, we have everything we need to expand God's kingdom. This is what it's all about. I can remember when, when I first planted the church, the church that I had planted was 2004. And it was a little bitty church, and I was pretty much on my own. I had no members. I had my wife and my son, Ben. And let's see, it was, Ben was born in 88, 2004, so, um, you know, he was a teenager. He's a young man. He wound up running my sound and doing everything, but every time I thought, every time that I thought I had everything that I needed, there was always something missing. I needed a sound system. And I said, God, I don't have the money to get the sound system, but you know, we'll work it out. And someone would come along and donate a sound system. We needed lumber to build the platform and, and somebody donated the lumber. We needed carpet and the man who we were renting the building from was so impressed with the work we did, he provided the carpet. But then when I thought I had a plan, 
I thought, you know, we had been in the motocross ministry all these years. I had a motorhome that was probably worth five, $6,000. We took it out to the track for 10 years and we drove that thing. We put a lot of miles on it, but it was still a good running old motorhome. And I thought, Lord, I can do it. I can sell that motorhome and I can buy the chairs I need to fill this room. Because I figured we needed probably 70, 75 chairs. The Lord said, nope, that's not the way you're going to do it. I was confused. I said, Lord, but I'm doing it for you. I'm putting it into the ministry. It's been a part of the ministry all this time. So why are you saying no? And he says, it's really simple, son. I want you to give it away. I want you to give it away. Why would you want me to give it away? I'm putting it back into the ministry so that I can buy the chairs, so that I can provide the things that I need for the church. And God spoke to my heart and he said, do you realize how many times you said I? Let me provide it for you. Show me your faith. Give the motorhome away. And he even specified who to give it to. And I said, all right. All right, God, this is your church. This is all about you and not about me. I'll give it away. And I did. I gave it away. I even paid to have the brakes done. I even paid to have some tires replaced. Because if I'm going to give it away, it needs to be moving. So I gave it away. It wasn't a week later. I got a call from Pastor David Sell of Pleasanton Community Church. He says, Pastor, you need some chairs? I got up in the attic about 75 chairs that are in pretty nice shape. Would you like to have them? It about killed me moving them because I had to carry them downstairs from up there. But yes, yes, we needed chairs. Everywhere we went that God provided. And then God said to me, I wanted you to know that it wasn't you that built this church. It was me. It was me. It's never about what we do. It's about what he can do. And it's about us believing that he will provide, that he will take care, for, take care of us. It's amazing. In this time of crisis that our country's been in, we haven't had church now for, has it been a month? And yet our finances are stable. People are sending in their tithes and offering. In fact, somebody sent in a special offering just to go into our benevolence fund. So if there was somebody in need that needed money, we could have it there to give it out. Tell me that God isn't a great God, that he doesn't take care of us, because he does. He takes care of us constantly. So with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all that you do in this place. Father, I thank you that we have the understanding, now we know that yes, when we die, our bodies will return to the dust of the earth, but our spirit, our soul is created by you and you're the one who sustains us. You're the one who feeds us and keeps us and we belong to you. Father, I'm so excited, I can't wait to see your face. I can't wait to experience heaven. But while I'm still here, we're going to do all that we can to spread the good news, to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how you recreated our spirits 
through him. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.